Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Pack, spiritual medium, author and publisher, and joy advocate, guiding you into all things life transformational. And this is a special edition. I have a wonderful, best-selling author, um, my dear friend and colleague and mentor for many years, Julie Flippen is with me. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be here. I am I'm excited. So happy yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I am so excited because um, this is, like I said, a special edition because we're going to talk to Julie about her newest book. It's a best-selling book called The True Quest. And um, she is, uh, let me just tell you a little bit about Julie. Uh, Julie Flippen is a business expert, author, and coach. She began her journey with divine and living fully, life fully in 1996 when she chose to get sober. Julie's career included executive management positions, troubleshooting sales, leadership training before she left the corporate world to start her own successful accounting and bookkeeping business. Since that time, she's had a pull from divine to get into psychotherapy and working with private clients. And she's dedicated uh, many, many years to that and then felt a call to coaching. That's where I met Julie. She was my coach. Um, so then she became a business coach specialized in helping entrepreneurs um, finding the lasting happiness and wealth by healing unresolved issues, and confidently offering and selling the work they are here to do. So she has put her vision into action. And this is um, part of her action is to write a memoir about the true quest. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about what I felt when I read through her book, because I helped her um, I was a publishing consultant for her to help her get her book into the world and birth it. So for me, rather than a fly on the wall, I was a butterfly sitting on her shoulder throughout the book, you know, watching the transformation over and over again of how, because this is a very, mm, very touching story about a mother's loss of her adult son to addiction. So if, you know, I can't even imagine how that would feel. You feel all the feels with her throughout this whole book, all the grief and sorrow, and yet the waves of joy that would come. And I think that's what impressed me so much that you definitely always came home to joy and um, that there's always a space for joy, no matter what kind of grief, no matter what kind of trauma or sorrow we're dealing with, there's always space to be held for joy. So do you want to tell us maybe why, why this book and why now? Why were you called to write this particular book? Thank you. Well, thank you for the introduction mm -hmm. because it, it was lovely. I was like, cool. Uh, if it were just up to me, I would have never taken the time to write this book. Mm. Uh, it is really starts with the loss of my son it, to an accidental overdose, heroin and fentanyl, which was 
um, devastating. Mm. He had tried so hard to get clean. And, you know, there's a, a, obviously a journey around that. And it was probably the most excruciating thing I've ever been through. And when you have a loss like that, everything changes. Like, if you can imagine your world in a split second changing, and it will, it will never be the same. My whole reality changed. So obviously, I spent months um, looking after myself as a coach and, and having, you know, been certified as a psychotherapist years ago, I knew I would need help. Like there was absolutely no question that I was going to need support going through this. And, you know, Marianne, you said something really interesting that there's always joy, mm -hmm. but joy, like most things in life is a decision. Yes. And at some point in my grief, I had to make a decision. And the decision was get busy living or get busy dying. And I don't mean physically dying. I mean, get busy living life, embracing it, finding the joy in it, or losing that, shutting down inside, just mm -hmm. getting by. And that was an honest decision that I had to make. Yes. And when I made that decision throughout doing some of my own energy work, eventually I was able to connect with my son on the other side, which was wonderful for me. It was wonderful. So I had a new picture of him, not who he was, not the sadness, not the illness, but this vibrant being. And what came through to me around the book was, Mom, make my life matter. Make my life matter. And he had come through to me and basically said, I knew you were strong enough to go through this experience with me. And I knew you would use it to further your work and bring that out into the world. And when I got that message, I thought to myself, am I, am I strong enough? Can I really do this? Can I, you know, create a book? Like, seriously, I was like, Ryan, seriously? And, Cause I don't consider myself a writer per se. And that was really clear. And that was really why I decided to write. And it, again, was a decision. Yes. Yes, I love how you, throughout the whole book, uh, that you talk about different ways that Ryan speaks to you, all the different ways. Um, I love the little story you have about the little dime attached to your Fitbit. <laughs> the magnetic part on your Fitbit. And there's just so many stories, y'all, that you're going to just so enjoy hearing how Julie hears from Ryan uh, mm -hmm. through other people, give her messages, a painting she received. Uh, oh, it's just, it's just thing after thing of, of how she's able to connect with Ryan. And like she said, not seeing him where he was in his pain and his agony and his addiction and the sadness, 
but mm -hmm. sees him in the love and the joy that he is now, who he really is. Uh, it's a beautiful treat to be able to see this, you know, play out through the pages of her book. And um, when we launched this book, we launched it in June, the end of June and the first part of July of this year. So it immediately became a bestseller in three categories. I was thrilled. Um, but you couldn't be with me. <laughs> well, then can you tell us a little bit why, why you were missing in action for your own launch? Exactly. It's interesting. One of the things I wrote about in the book, one of the parts I wanted to really talk about was mothers. And that was really significant for me, uh, being a mother who lost a child. And when I lost my son, I wanted my mom. Oh my gosh. I wanted her to hold me and I wanted her to say, honey, everything's going to be okay. And my mom had dementia. Mm -hmm. And so she lived independently. She had short-term memory loss. So she had long-term, some, some long-term, because it was really advanced. But she couldn't hold the present. And we had decided with mom, she was diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago and really given a very short period of time to live. And we made a decision, there were four of us, my two sisters and my daughter, that were her essential caregivers, that we were going to create pockets of joy for her. Oh. So every experience we had with her, it was going to be a pocket of joy. Mm. So we never told my mom that she had cancer and that she was not expected to live very long. We did not tell her that my son had passed. My nephew my older sister's son passed six months before mine. So we had some really significant loss in our family. And we just made the decision not to because if she was asking questions, it would be too hard. She would hold sadness and wouldn't know why she was sad. And we just said, let's just continue to create pockets of joy for her. But when she passed... When my son passed, I wanted my mom, I couldn't talk to her for weeks. Like I couldn't, because I wanted to tell her and I wanted her arms around me. And so I really wanted to talk about in the book, the dynamics of having a mother and being a mother and all the expectations around that. Like who did I want her to be and need her to be? And why didn't she do this? And why didn't she do that? And then how do I show up as a mother? So um, <clears throat> probably after my mom was diagnosed with cancer, I really, she was 90 and I sat one night and I prayed. I said, God, what is her purpose now? Like, why is she here? And I know this is none of my business. This is between you and her, but I, it was like, why? She, she doesn't remember. She gets afraid. She's got cancer. And, you know, all of these things. And I didn't expect an answer. Mm. But a couple of days later, I felt like my mom was whispering in my ear. And she said, honey, the family's been through so much loss these past few years. I can hang in here a while longer until I feel you're ready to deal with more loss. And Marianne, 
it's like I thought there was parts of her that knew everything that was going on. She was present for a lot of it, even if consciously and mentally, but she was receiving it. And it's like, it made so much sense. Of course she was, because that's what mothers do. This is how we love. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. I'll suffer. (laughs) If there's not enough food, don't worry about me. And so mom lived for another 18 months. (sighs) even though she had that diagnosis. And um, the day my book, Amazon delivered my book to my home, the proof copy, which as you know, is really exciting. And I could hardly wait to get there. When I was visiting my mom, she had had a fall and she went to the hospital. And we spent the next five weeks with her in the hospital. And then she went to hospice for her last four days and it was a beautiful I'll write about that sometime it was a really beautiful experience to be with her and I shout out to hospice and those workers there they're 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 the most loving kind wonderful people that you could have to help end of life I said to my sisters I said mom is going to pass the day the book launches I said, it's like, it's, it felt like a full circle, mm-hmm. like, honey, when you're ready. And sure enough, as you know, the day <laughs> the official book launch, uh, my mom passed. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, uh, Marianne, I don't know what I would have done without you. I, sincerely, if anyone is looking for someone to support them in a, a book launch or publishing, like you have just been an angel for me. And I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Because I messaged you that morning and mm-hmm. I said, I will not be present. Like I knew this was my mom's last day and, you know, the things that we needed to do. And she passed that day. Yes. It's like I've come full circle. Mm-hmm. You're ready. And I don't believe that there are accidents. Uh, I think things really unfold in just the most magical way if we're able to get to the magic. Yes. There you go. That's the key. That's for sure. Get get to the magic. Get to the magic. And, and I don't think we can do that on our own, do you? Well, I think that that's just such a great segue. <laughs> I so was hoping we were going to talk about uh, about asking for help and getting mm-hmm. support. Yes. We are products of the families that we grew up in and their ancestors. So we are, you know, we come from, you know, that origin We are products of that. I see that very clearly in my family. And in my family, uh, addiction, alcoholism ran rampant. If I go back into our family line, they used to put back in my, on my father's side, people in insane asylums when they were really bad. And so my father was uh, very, very ill and Growing up with that, if he got really, if he had too much to drink and was angry, he would get a shotgun out and threaten to kill us. And 
We had nowhere to go or no one to ask. We did phone the police a couple of times and they literally came over and hid his gun. They said, ah, he'll sleep it off, you know. So I learned there was no one that's going to help me. Mm. Like there was no one to ask. So I, that one of the things that happened to me is I learned don't ask. When I, when I started my first business, I got, you know, we had the paper calendars then because we didn't have digital. I would get go and I, on the top of every page, I would write, if it's to be, it's up to me. If it's to be, it's up to me. If it's to be, it's up to me because there was no one to help me. So what I couldn't really wrap my arms around is, although that was my family origin, there was a divine origin as well. So yes, I, I came through this line, DNA, genetics, but I came through source. I came here to have a sourced experience. And so finding this space where it's not just about the family and all of the default energies that come with it and how I survived and, you know, my survival skills, but there was this spiritual part. And as time went and I hit my bottom, as you said at the beginning, I had to ask for help. I really hit bottom. There was nowhere for me to go. And so I learned, I started to learn to ask for help. Sometimes it's hard for me today. It's like I, I want people to see me a certain way. You, know, you and I had a conversation before we got on this call today because everything is sourced. Yes. And we had a conversation about whether or not we were even going to do this today. Right? Yes. And I'll just share because I'm sure people are wondering why we would make that decision. Mm -hmm. And and it ties into all of this is the resilience that we have and the connection we have to the divine and understanding our soul is always calling us somewhere towards joy, towards the ability to have something significant and important in our lives it means I need to feel important and significant. Mm -hmm. And so going through and life is beautiful when I don't have all these outside circumstances happening. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> but then, you know, my son died and, you know, my nephew passed and then the, the whole experience with my mom and, and, and so life events are happening, mm -hmm. not to hurt me, but to help me increase my capacity for more joy. And it's hard to imagine that these types of events are happening to increase my capacity for more joy. Mm -hmm. And so this morning, because see, I mean, ego, you know, will come in. It's like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to prepare. And what are all the brilliant things I'm going to say on this podcast? I mean, I'm just keeping it real. Because, I mean, it's what we do. It's like, what do I feel is important? And so I walk every morning with my sister and away we go for our walk. And we were later, we decided to go a different route. And we were down by the beach because we live around a beautiful lake here. And a young man came running across the field where we were yelling, I need Narcan. 
And for anyone that doesn't know what Narcan is, if someone overdoses, they give them Narcan to revive them. And so we rushed over to where he came from and there was uh, probably someone late twenties had fallen down in the rocks and had obviously overdosed. And um, myself and another lady, uh, she came with Narcan from somewhere and um, we worked on him for, I don't know, 20 minutes. I knew he had passed several times. She was giving him CPR and hold, I was holding his head and we were working on him and uh, until waiting for the ambulance to come. And it was really, it was incredibly intense. And he survived and he lived. And I thought, I looked up and I said, is this how you're preparing me to do this interview today? to be so in my heart and to be real about what life is truly about. And I was, Marianne, I was so grateful to have had that experience. Like I was so grateful that I was there and that young lady was there and she yes. took my hand and she kissed it and she said, thank you. And I said, no, thank you. And so that's why you and I talked about the, there's emotion with all of that. Mm -hmm. and and I thought about my son and those last moments and and there was something you know when you lose someone you hear there's a lot of poems that are shared with you and there's a lot of mm -hmm. sayings and different things and they're beautiful and people please don't stop loving those who have lost but there was one line I heard that really compelled me to write the book and to move forward and to get back into the land of the living and working again. And it was live the life he wanted desperately, mm. but couldn't live yes. the life he couldn't, but he desperately wanted. And I thought I can do that. I will mm -hmm. to the best of my ability, make his life matter because he mattered Absolutely. and so the book <laughs> mm -hmm. and so that's what brought me to the book and having an amazing book coach to help me through it and you to publish and it's been it's been a journey of a couple of years that's for sure mm -hmm. but the resilience we have it's things yeah. You know, things are, uh, sorry, things aren't happening to me. They're happening for me. These are sourced experiences. Yes. Yes. You even talk about just not even sure that you wanted to let the book go when you were sending the last piece of the manuscript to your editor. I thought that was also, you know, showed how, you know, sometimes we just don't want to let those parts go yet. Yeah, yes, yeah. Part of that, yeah, I, I had finished it and it's like, okay. And I was sitting <laughs> ready to hit the send. And uh, I was aware of a couple of things. One was writing the book helped me connect with my son. Oh, yes. And letting it go, like, what did that mean? Like, would I not be feeling him? Because I channeled so much of it. Mm -hmm. 
I channeled the stories that were meant to be told in that book. And um, just as I was sitting there hovering, my phone rang and it was my mom who only called me if she was out of wine or <laughs> she'd call and say, why did you call me? You know, <clears throat> and so I'm like, oh, hey, mom, or, you know, something's wrong. And she's like, hi, how are you? I said, good. She said, um, yeah. So I said, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah. She said, I just wanted to tell you I love you. Aww. She didn't have the, <clears throat> pardon me, ability to be able to do that type of thing. I mean, it was the most unusual thing she's ever done. I said, thank you. I said, I love you too. She said, I just wanted you to know. She said, okay, well, I have to go now. Bye. And I just, I hit send. And so that was the one thing. <clears throat> and the other thing that happened was my husband's cousin had um, come over because I think what happens for anyone that's ever written a book, is it enough? Do I need to do more? Um, am I finished? And so that sense of, I don't know. And my, my book coach had said, it's great, but tune in. Is there more that needs to come? It's like, I don't know. Is it? And so anyway, my husband's, they came over, they wanted to come over that night for a couple of minutes. I had no idea why. And, and uh, she said, I brought you something. And I said, oh. And I hadn't really talked to her about the book or anything like that. And she said, yeah. She said, I did a painting for you, and I wanted to give it to you. And I, was, I said, that's wonderful. And she shows me the painting. And I literally said, why did you do this? And she was like, what do you mean? And I said, why did you paint this? who have you been talking to she said like nobody she had painted the front cover of my book she the end of the book yes thank you that picture of the waterfall she had painted that and it's uh there's significance in the waterfall i won't I don't want to spoil the book for anyone, but there's a, a very significant event around a waterfall. And she said, I don't know, just a couple of weeks ago, I had this urge. And so of course, I felt sorry for her. I'm like, oh my gosh, she probably thinks I'm sorry for painting. So I was able to share with her the story and why it was so significant. Yeah. But again, how source comes through to it's like you're I'm, i knew i was complete i'm done yes it's done yeah so those yeah. were a couple of the the magic that happens in our life we're open to the magic absolutely yes you there's so many stories folks like this in this in the book that you're just gonna you're just gonna feel all the feels and have all the tears and all the laughter and um, it, it's just so beautiful. So again, you know, we don't write a book by ourselves. Talk just a little bit about, you know, the part, the, the support that you gathered yeah. um, just, just a little <laughs> bit. And, and um, because again, it's like really 
every project that we pursue, no matter what, it was sort of like we were talking earlier before we came live. Um, you said uh, about, you know, making a plan. You know, if you want to see God laugh, make a plan. Um, because yeah. we we tend to, as, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we think, oh, well, we'll just lay it out and it's like this. But then Force comes in and has a little bit different idea about how maybe it will go. So yeah. how did you, we not, like I said, I've never written a book on my own. I've always had um, uh, other people to support me. And then, like you said, Source just came in and dropped so much of this as you allowed it to flow. So who was your support team? Right. So I had a book coach mm -hmm. who was wonderful. And the reason she was is she, when I didn't feel like writing, she said, don't write. She okay. said, you have one job. That's to connect whatever self-care, how I connected to be in flow and to allow whatever wants to come through, come through. Mm -hmm. And her job with me was to keep me out of my head. Um, because it's like, I want to, you know, even in the book, I wanted to go on and explain things and maybe this would be better for people and all of those things. And she really held a space for me to show up. And she said, that is your job. And I said, but I don't know like what comes first and second and third and fourth. And she said, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. We'll figure that out at the end. Now, I'm a pretty organized person, and I usually go one, two, three, four, five. It was a real, I'm telling you, it was a real challenge to just write stuff and send. She said, just write stories and send them. And then it did all come together. So she mm -hmm. was tremendous for me. And having that support where I could get on a call and cry yeah. and be so sad and be so happy and be excited and be, you know, and she was able to hold that. I knew that getting the book up on Amazon and that it, everything just felt overwhelming for me, Marianne. I'd written a book previous to that, but mm -hmm. I was in a different space. And so I knew you were doing some of the work. So I had her, but then you came on my team to navigate all of that and put it all together and, oh, so blessed. And then I knew uh, the marketing part uh, was just something that I just wasn't comfortable with. I was I still in some overwhelm. It takes a oh, while wow. for that to go down when you've had a significant life event. Yes, It's up. And so you were both a big part of my team. I had someone I was doing private work with. Mm -hmm. I had uh, my husband and my family. And because it ta it sometimes takes a whole community yes, yes. to help with that. And so, yeah, it was just made everything very easy for me to at least get it out to the world. And then I just really allowed the universe to do with it and use it in the best way possible. Absolutely. Yes. And, and um, I, It always when I when I read your book and you know reviewing it again last night in preparation for coming, it's just always um, it, it just lets me touch back in to my source. Mm -hmm. I mean, because the way you've written it, it's it's 
we do get in our head so much. We, mm-hmm. we, we think, well, we know how to handle these situations. Well, you know, we know how we would handle trauma or tragedy or whatever. And we don't, we no. have to, we have to feel through it. We have to connect to source because again, that's where our joy is. That's where that foundation that supports why we're here, what we're doing, how we're in service, how we live our lives, how we speak, you know, our expression. So it all always revolves around touching back into our source side mm-hmm. of who we are. Um, mm-hmm. So I know this is, you know, I always say our mess is our message. And this is certainly <laughs> uh we would call maybe some of the hard things that we go through as a mess, but the transformation, the asking for better, the asking for support, the asking for love, the asking for joy, the asking for the transformation that we want is, is what helps us to take that leap forward into the new growth. And so, you know, again, we're always spiraling upward. We may be passing it again, but we're at a different level. We're at a new perspective. So I know that's what's happened for you. You have heightened your perspective on things like this, our resilience, our joy, our, you know, suffering and loss or, 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 or what we go through. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what's become your message. So how did that happen for you? Um, because I know you have a brand new website. The book came out. You have a brand new website. You have new programming. So how has your mess now become your message? What are you doing with it? How are you, how are you helping others? Yeah. Such a great question. I'm grateful to be in a place where I'm ready to. Oh, yes. And it was a decision. Like I knew... Uh, like I love the entrepreneur. <laughs> I love <laughs> the courage and the uh, the strength it takes to step out and say to people, I'm doing something. And so I've loved working as a business coach and I love the strategies and numbers and all of those things. But I also felt there was room now for more than just the entrepreneur. There were individuals who also had some big dreams. So the True Quest became my new website. And um, I was really clear that I was being called to work with people. Mm -hmm. I read something this morning and I'm telling you, it struck me so clearly, especially like I've got, I do one signature program. It's like six to eight months. It's a small, very small group of people that we are going to like just rocket what they want, release resistance, step into their power, uh, hold the vision, let the vision change. So I'm really excited about that. But Marianne Williamson, I read something this morning Mm -hmm. and she said this, my soul is imprinted with the yearning to be more. Yes. I bend toward the lure of my spirit. 
Mm. And I love that. My soul is imprinted, imprinted with the yearning to be more. And I bend towards the lure of my spirit. And that was so powerful for me because that's it right there. It's imprinted. It's in all of us. It's being able to listen to that small voice within. It's feeling connected and, and not even knowing what. But just this, it's like, I want to live like that. I want to live in the light and the love and the joy and the magic. And I'm being complacent and I'm tolerating and I'm doing all these other things and I don't know how to go from here to here. And that's what I love helping people with. It's like that deep discovery, like who am I today? I'm different today than I've ever been. Who am I? What, what, where's my spirit luring? Like, what is it? What am, what am I imprinted for? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be something tangible. It might be the woman that ran down that had Narcan this morning. And for some reason, she decided to take a CPR course. It might be, I don't know how her journey is going to unfold. Uh, so I, I'm not sure why I'm being pulled in certain directions, I think is what I'm trying to say. There doesn't have to be a knowing and a reason. And and I think people get tripped up with this. It's like, I'm doing this because this. It's like, I'm doing this. It's like, you know, pain pushes until vision pulls. Michael Beckworth says that. Pain pushes until vision pulls. So my pain has pushed me until the vision takes hold. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to work with people around that to help them increase their capacity to have more joy and then be able to sustain it. You know, yeah. sometimes it feels like it's a high and then I crash. It's like I how many times I've heard people say, oh, I really want that, but I'm not going to, I'm just not going to hope too much because I don't want to be too disappointed. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, hope, please. Yes. <laughs> hope, dream. So that's kind of where I've been pulled to work. And as I say, I've got, um, my signature program, I'm launching it for the first time. I'm going to bring a small group in. And Darla Ledoux says this, and I absolutely love it. She said, ahas are cheap. Integration is priceless. Yes. Ahas are cheap. So for me, it's about being staying long enough to integrate the changes mm-hmm. that we have so that we get to have a whole different experience in our life. And why not? It's not a dress rehearsal. This is it. Yes. We're living it. (laughs) So true. So true. Yes. Oh, I I, I love that. I love all of that. So why, why was it important to just have like a small group rather than, I know you've done a lot of one-on-one coaching because you used to be my coach and, and you're still coaching me. Um, so, and we've been in groups together. I mean, I've been under your tutelage and with Darla and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, so what's the difference between like a group and then one-on-one coaching? Give some, you know, yeah. help for people to understand that. 
Well, I like a combination personally, like mm -hmm. my program is combination. We'll okay. do deep energy work because that's part mm -hmm. of my spiritual gift. We'll do one-on-one -on -one coaching, but there's a lot of power in a group. Yeah. And I know we've both been in groups. I've been in my own groups. You've been in your groups. The power of watching and being part of someone else's transformation, yes. uh, it's priceless. It, it truly is priceless because we learn through them. There have been times I've been in a group and someone's brought forward something, such a deep, raw vulnerability. And through watching their process of the releasing and healing, I heal. Yes. It's called, we call it EFT. I love tapping EFT. Yes. We call it borrowing benefits. <laughs> we, we call it borrowing benefits. Like I benefit from the work you're doing. So being in a group and then not being alone, like mm. collectively being together and knowing I have people that, that will, that are supporting me and cheering me on and, and holding the space and, there's something very, very powerful about it. And I, I like a small group because obviously with the, it's the dynamics are, we just get a little bit more time. And that's, it's the type of program that I'm creating that makes that possible. But definitely I like a combination. So in my program, it's, it's a combination mm -hmm. of one-on-one. -on -one. And I do some one-on-one, -on -one, just private work people. Mm -hmm different reasons, <laughs> different seasons. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, and I have had the privilege of working with Julie for energy clearing session. Um, matter of fact, part of my session is in her book, The True Quest. Oh, that's right. And I was just shocked when I first started reading it, when she sent the manuscript to me to get it ready to format and edit for, to upload it for the launch. And I was like, oh my goodness. There's, there's part of my, my, my experience. And let me tell you, it was, it was tough to be, have to answer the questions that she asked me, but it was mm -hmm. so, it was so helpful for my transformation mm -hmm. because I'm still working on some of these things. You know, we don't oh. just do it. It's not a one and done. We have a certificate to hang on the wall. You heal through this. You know, she yeah. asked me about what parts of me, did not want to be exposed. <gasps> there were mm -hmm. a lot of parts that I didn't want to expose. Yeah. And, you know, mm -hmm. so working with her through this clearing session, uh, so much of this poured out of me afterwards that it was like, oh, I can release some of that. Yeah. But I needed the session to have the, the tools and the energy and the... Mm, her holding the space for me to to reach that freedom right because that session ended up being about my personal freedom and my ancestral freedom so it was uh, let me tell you working with julie is so helpful for your trans for your transformation Thank so you. this I is not this is not a small little oh let's just get together for our little group today. You're gonna do some hard work and it's gonna be so worth it. So <laughs> worth it. So I totally thank you for for the oh, coaching and the and the energy work that you've done oh. on my behalf for sure. I appreciate that.
So do you want to tell us anything else about your book or, oh, you know, what is the true quest? You know, um, because that's not, that's not a phrase we always hear. And of course, I love anything about a quest because, you know, it's, it says we travel over, under, around, and through, and we have to have a guide. If you look yeah. at any story yeah. about a quest, somebody on a quest, they have a guide. Yeah. And this is yeah. what I talk about so much with, even within my work, because you're on a quest. Um, yes. uh, and, and we do have to have guides because we can't always see our blocks. We can't always, um, you know, it's sort of like sometimes we have those logical blinders on and mm -hmm. we're not allowing source to come through. You know, we're not looking for mm -hmm. that, for that joy. So tell us what the true quest is. Well, I think the true quest is our life. It's our, mm -hmm. the quest to live in joy and love. Yes. really. And for me, it's gone from the tangible, although I like nice things, they bring me joy. We bought a new TV last night, it brings me joy. Uh, but to really don't, it's, it's like not becoming complacent in our lives. No. Okay, so it's society, I mean, we've had some real definite society beliefs of you grow up, you get married, you have kids, you get a house, mm -hmm. you work, and then you retire. And then, so there's this, this box of, okay, well, I've arrived. And it's, it's like, that's great. If that's where you're called, I'm not putting that down at all. But it's really listening. What am I here for? What am I here for? What is my true quest? Mm -hmm. What does source have for me? What am I to learn in this lifetime? What, what's, you know, the old, what's my purpose? But mm -hmm. kind of like that, what is my purpose? And what, what trails will I traverse in order to get to that space and along the way there's so much joy and love and there's sadness and there's grief and there's every we're human we're supposed to feel all the emotions that we feel but that to me is the quest it's continuing to expand and grow and you know seek more light more love more joy and being finding our our uh, muscle of resilience mm -hmm. when we hit those spots like this morning was a was a real uh, it was a very intense situation and I mean you know the parallels with watching this young man who died probably four times while we were working with him and and then survived with my son like <laughs> <clears throat> I couldn't have imagined that that would be an experience, but that was part of my quest. Yes. To be more, to mm -hmm. feel more, to be able to hold more love and joy. I think that's the true quest. Yes. Yes, I agree. Uh, it's like Abraham Hicks always says, you know, the mantra of the universe is more. Yeah. It's always asking for more. That's what puts the eternalness in eternity. There has to be new creations. There has to be new growth. 
you know, as we, as, as, you know, when you're talking about our ancestors, all the things they asked for, all the betterment, the improvement, you know, every generation jumping off a little bit further ahead than the preceding, you know, it's like, I always told my sons growing up, we homeschooled and, and through high school graduation. And I always told them, I expect you to surpass me, my generation, Mm -hmm. because as I surpassed my parents' generation and theirs before them. And so we're constantly in this state of growth and expansion and evolution. And, um, so I, I, I love that we're, that we've had this opportunity to talk about what is the true quest? It's life. It's more life. We're always, it's like you said, you know, our, what, what is our soul, you know, calling us to, what did you say? Marianne Williamson's quote was, was, uh, my soul is imprinted with the yearning to be more. I bend towards the lure of my spirit. Yes. Our soul is constantly calling us to more. Always yeah. calling us to more. And where? what are we doing? Where are we? Are we yeah. answering yes? What next? You know, what more? What more? Are, you know, are we trying to be out there and battle it logically? And it's not going to work because we're spiritual and beings. Can I just say something? Because it's just, if it's not a yes for people right now, Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. Yes. And I it just, it's like, this isn't a right or wrong, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Do it now. This is listening to me. If someone had said to me 18 months ago, uh, do write the book now, it would have been no, mm-hmm. because I wasn't ready. So how do I hear things like this and feel like I'm not ready and love where I'm at anyway? Yes love where I'm at anyway if I'm not it's okay Mm -hmm. but don't it's like I don't want to beat myself up and say I'm doing something wrong because I'm not this it's I think what we're saying is continue to hold a vision that I I'm getting ready and doing whatever it is I'm being called for right now but just fall in love with wherever you're at Mm -hmm. and when it's time to make a bigger step because every step is important, whether it would be like working with me or working with someone or simply making a small decision that day to not gossip at Mm -hmm. work. They're equally important. And so just, you know, please love where you're at and know that if you're listening to this, it's because you're supposed to be hearing something here. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. Yeah, it's 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 personally for me, it's it's sometimes hard to be at peace with where I am, right? Because I have a bigger vision, and yes. it's like I want to get on the, I want to get going with it, you know, <laughs> or or whatever it happened to be. But um, yeah. um, sometimes it's just hard to, okay, I am where I am, and where I am is okay. Right. Because then okay. the path will okay. be revealed. Yeah. The path. Right. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 I had a sponsor in AA and she used to say, I'd say to her, um, you know, if something came up, it's like, I don't know if I'm ready to, to do that yet. And she'd say, don't worry about it. It'll mm. come back around. It'll come back around. You'll have another opportunity. 
or I'd feel like I'd get hit about five different times in the head where it's like, is this about me? Am I, am I supposed to be doing something? Or, you know, I don't know if I'm hearing you right. And I loved all those, like growing through all of that. And yeah. it's like, ah, oh, shoot, sure, it'll come back around. I mean, she was yeah. priceless, my sponsor, Linda. She would say, uh, yeah, deal with it now or deal with it later. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, you're seeing it because you're ready, so. Yes. Yeah, that kind of support. And yeah, feel that. Feel that yes or no. Where, where where do you feel your yes or no? Where do you feel your tugging mm -hmm. when it is time to move forward? And and no. knowing that about yourself um, is of course helpful. So um, thank you, Julie, for you. being with us today. But you have an offer that you'd like to give our audience. What is that? Yeah, I just really wanted to say if there was anything that came up for people, um, if they really feel compelled, they'd like to have a conversation with me, whether it's about a program that I have going on or just something about themselves, uh, you can have a call with me. I'm open to having some conversations with people. So you can go on my website. Uh, there is a form. You can just sign up for a call. It gives you access to my calendar and things like that. Mm -hmm. You're welcome to email me, julie at thetruequest.com. And yeah, so if you feel there's something that you want to talk about, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for you. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So let me just put that up. Julie at the true. Sorry, I'm scratching on the computer, but I wanted to put this up because I didn't get it beforehand. Julie sure. at the truequest.com. If you want to email her, if not, you're yeah. certainly welcome to just go to her website, the truequest.com and, um, and you can find this complimentary call and, and just look around her website because your other book is on there too. Also, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's more of a business. Uh, isn't that? It leans, toward, it leans towards business, pitiful mm -hmm. or powerful. You choose. Oh, pitiful. Or powerful. <laughs> you choose. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It it's for both, but it leans it. It'll probably lean a little bit to the business sense. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank you, Julie, for coming on our show, the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. And everybody, thank you for joining us because I would love for you to like, comment, and share. If you have a question, you know, we'll get that question to Julie if you even post it in a comment or whatever. Um, we'll be in touch. And, um, you know, share this. If you know someone who has had a loss of a child or just a loss in their life and they feel mm -hmm. lost and they're looking mm -hmm. to, you want to support them with their joy, with the joy of who they are and support yeah. them. Um, you know, share this message, share this podcast with them. Um, and, um, you know, you're always welcome, of course, to go to our website. It is wearejoybooks.com. And um, I have several books on there. There are more coming in the works. Uh, we are normally on the podcast doing the Unmuted Voices series, but I wanted to have a special time with Julie as an author and a, a published um, bestseller. 
So, but our books, and you will also find uh, Julie's book on wearejoybooks.com. So either way, either website, The True Quest, or wearejoybooks.com, you will you'll find Julie's book. Um, or Amazon. Or Amazon, yes. You can search for Amazon also. Yes, absolutely. So, Julie, do you have any closing words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with? <sighs> yeah, just I would say uh, the greatest gift we can give ourselves is to um, tune in, uh, feel the deep connection, and just fall in love with you. Yes. Fall in love with you. That, if there was only one thing we could do, the more love you have for yourself, the more love you have for the world. And that's how it goes. It's not the other way around. Yes, absolutely. We have to, mm -hmm. we have to fill up our cup first. And, and as everything falls out of our teacup into the saucer, that's where we serve. That's where we're able to express so much of that overflow of love Yeah, because it comes out of our overflow. So we have to have, we have to have, ourselves filled up first. So I love you. Thank you, Julie. I love so you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so spending. much. Mm -hmm. Thank you for spending time with us. Remember, you are joy looking for a way to express. And let's write the world happy one word at a time. We'll see y'all next time.